You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk. What? Do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> it depends on the movie, and it depends on the gladiator. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> yes. Yes, I have. Have you? Do you like it when your dog scraps, rubs up and down on your leg? Uh, no. Have you ever been in a scraps Turkish can, bath? No. <laughs> scraps is not welcome to my leg. <laughs> and the closest I've ever been to a Turkish bath, as you well know, was my first husband. He was Turkish. Those, and I did take a bath in the time I was married to him, but that only it's the same thing. And what those questions are is, if you ever meet a child, you should always ask them those questions. <laughs> the lesson is, you've seen Airplane too many times. <laughs> Holy shit. They are good questions to ask children, because they don't know... This isn't the before the show... The, 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 oh my god, I'm tongue-tied. This is not the before the after the show discussion. This is just you making up weird shit to start. But the if show. you do ask a child those questions, a you know, don't ask a child if you've seen a grown man naked. That's in, inappropriate. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> and don't ask about a dog humping his leg. They either leg. think they're hilarious or they just look at you as though you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two reactions, which is correct. The second one would be correct. The first one is not correct. correct. So um, that's the before the after. It show was not the before shit the that I made up that was funny. <laughs> Okay, so this is After the Show, number 327. After the Show is a podcast where myself, A. Scully, and this young lady, Sid Talk, she's, <laughs> she's taken aback. I'm, taken, I'm literally taken aback. <laughs> I'm, you, you, those words hit me like a big fan blowing me backwards. Young lady. Uh, where I we am Sid Talk. Review a movie. And this week's movie that we're going to review is... First po- we got married. And then we started reviewing movies. Yes. And this week's movie we're going to review is Pompeii. It's a 2013 movie. It will be released on Blu-ray this coming Tuesday, the 20th of May. And it's a PG-13. It's from our friends at Sony. And the tagline is... Do you like movies about gladiators? No, it is not. There's no tagline, is there? No. I've made that tagline. Don't ask me for a synopsis of this movie. We all know what it is. Synopsis of the movie Pompeii, Sid Talk. <laughs> we all know what it is. A big volcano erupted a long time ago. And all these actors happened to be there at that time to make this movie. So, And it is a live action <laughs> series of events. It is the telling of a fictional story under the horrible umbrella of umbrella of an well, umbrella corporation <laughs> the umbrella of a humongous natural disaster true so it's all yeah it's titanic but with a volcano and it's partially a movie about gladiators <laughs> partially all right so the movie pompeii it's a new movie uh, from paul ws anderson who's famous for the uh, resident evil series of movies and also, the last movie he did, or the last but one movie he did, The Three Musketeers retelling, in his own distinct little style. Um, so He likes to put his own twist on reality. True. So, Pompeii, uh, Sid Talk, you can go first. What did you think of the movie Pompeii? I decided before it started that I was in sort of this neutral mood. 
So I didn't have anything. No expectation. No nothing, really. Except I know Jon Snow from <laughs> Game of Thrones. And I did not have high expectations of him. Not low, just not high. Just very neutral. So I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go into this with the same mentality I would have when I went in to see other volcano disaster movies back in the mid-90s and other disaster kind of movies, and I'm just going to go with it, right? So as it started, I was totally into it, and I kind of stayed into it the whole time. I mean, it's not perfect. It has some bad visual effects, which you probably disagree with, but I think there's no denying it. But as far as a spectacle movie that's not pretending to be a historical accurate thing, like some movies we've tried to... Or artistic in any way. It's not really... No, and I think that something like Pearl Harbor was trying to tell the story of Pearl Harbor, but with this stupid bullshit fictional thing on top of it, when it should have not had any of that. It was pretending to be, you know, that kind of telling... I even think Titanic, he wasn't trying necessarily to be telling the Titanic story. It was like, we want to show the Titanic sinking, and then I have to it's tag this It's a disaster movie. Right. But this wasn't even trying to be like... It was. It could have been a fictional volcano. That's how nothing in it meant anything to me in terms of reality. Like, none of it triggered anything in my mind to say, oh, this is a historical sort of nod to this or to that. Not at all. Like, I, don't, I haven't studied Pompeii a lot. I don't know the history much. I've just read about it since we watched the movie in the last half hour. And it is very clear there are very few actual accurate things going on here other than maybe the look of some of the clothes and things like that. So I didn't I didn't even think about it. I just let it happen and I think for that reason I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the love story even though I pretty much despise love stories thrown in these things. I liked the people for the most part. I stayed pretty neutral but everybody I think because I was on this flat line to start with Everything that piqued my interest and that was exciting and that was like, ooh, is that what that could have possibly looked like? See, that's what I, in these disaster movies sometimes, that's my thing is I know it's fictional, I know it's a recreation, and yet I'll never probably ever experience a volcano. So just getting my mind there be like, what would it really be like? It did that for me. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, it's a very... Um, Good guy, I guess you could call him the good guy, is Jon Snow. <laughs> Keep calling him Jon Snow. <laughs> Kit Henderson, or whatever his name is. Kit Harrington. Harrington. I'm going to call him Jon Snow. He's actually um, called Christopher Harrington. Kit's his stage name. Oh, he's so pretentious, dude. Oh my god. Just listen to him talk. I was like, so he's the good guy, sort of, you know, the downtrodden slave gladiator dude. It's like gladiator. That- but it's not because you're, I never had that. Dun, 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 moment because he did a constant thing constantly he was always fighting with people and beating the shit out of everybody there was no like building up to the big moment when he was gonna do it so that would have been my only complaint about it I didn't have any of those rabble rousing moments like yeah kick the Roman Empire's ass you know there was one moment of that I Not think to me. Where they, a bit like the Hunger Games where she shoots the arrow at the balcony I disagree. There was the bit where he... Yeah, but I disagree. I didn't think that was a big deal to me. Um, Now, personally, Paul W.S. Anderson movies, I see them as almost like a guilty pleasure. And I have enjoyed all the Resident Evil... Why do you feel guilty? By getting pleasure from it. Well, I have enjoyed all the Resident Evil movies. But they're not good. 
They're, they're not really that good. They're not bad. Uh, no, they're some not of bad. Them are, some of them are bordering on bad. That last one, what we watched, I think that's bordering on bad. Um, because there wasn't anything to it. Like It was it was very minuscule story, and it was just special effects in 3D. Like He's got into 3D recently, Paul DeRuess Anderson, and the last Resident Evil was, and this is. Um, and there's a lot of visual stuff, but the stories are very shallow. He's very style over substance. No matter what, how you look at his movies, he's always style over substance. Yeah. And so that three, you have to expect. The Three Musketeers had more of a... I thought The Three Musketeers... I know people hate it, that Three Musketeers movie, but I thought it was actually quite good. Like, in a... If you look at it as, like, a Pirates of the Caribbean style thing. Like, something that's kind of silly, but... But it's all style over substance. There's no. It was, but it had a, I thought that had actually had a pretty good story as well. Um, the Three Musketeers, and it, and it also was a bit outlandish as far as the Three Musketeers go. Yeah, um, it went into fantasy territory a little bit, and it was like a you know a different take on it. On it, I kind of like that one. But this one, Pompeii, um, I didn't. Ex- I had some preconceived ideas going into it, and one of them was. Paul Thomas, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. No, don't don't tiss, say them in the tiss, same tiss. breath. Paul W. S. Anderson normally doesn't have a budget like this, and this was a hundred million dollar movie, which is a lot of movie, a lot of money for a movie to make a lot of movie. And um, Resident Evils don't have nearly that amount of money to spend on them. And I think he does what he can in those Resident Evil movies to do special effects. There are some bad special effects in those movies. Sure. You have to admit, those dogs and stuff, they're, they're not the greatest things. There's like bad CGI. They're not horrible though. No, but there's bad CG in those movies. So I had this low expectation of this movie, even though it was a $100 million movie. I was like, okay, he's going to do Pompeii, which is the grandest thing you could possibly do. This massive, you know, massive volcano going off and just trashing this Roman city. That is... It's huge. In my mind, it's this huge thing. So I'm thinking it's going to be on a small scale, like he's going to show you a little bit of it, and it's not going to be what I think it is. But when I watched it, I was pleasantly surprised, because I was thinking it was going to be super green screeny, which it is in parts, Mm -hmm. but then there are some shots that are like really spectacular, and I was like, wow, they look like... I like disaster movies, and Roland Emmerich's one of my favourites. He obviously makes a lot of disaster movies. Day After Tomorrow, Independence Day, um, Godzilla. You know, huge everything breaks up. And this matched those, I thought, as far as... I've never seen... A Pompeii's been told in film before, but n- never like this. And TV. Yeah, but never like on this scale, and... When the actual volcano does go off, and that's not a spoiler, the volcano goes off at some point. <laughs> it goes off, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Um, oh yes, the volcano just goes off. Yeah, when it when it does go off, it was satisfying to me. Yeah. I was watching the destruction and going, wow, this this is how it would go, right? You know, and, I, don't I don't know, because I've never been there. No, but, but I've seen real uh, footage of volcanoes erupting, and this just looked... You know, like the eruption like part. Now, when the boulders and shit were hitting the town, it looked really CGI to me. So that kept I kept going back and forth from oh my god that the explosion looks awesome to oh my god that looks like CGI. Just in every instant, like oh that looks like fake buildings, and then going back up to the volcano, the ash going up and the fire coming out was like oh that looks like what I've seen in real life footage or pictures. But then it kept cutting back to the town, which looked like this cheap. 
CGI town. And that for his $100 million, whatever he paid those dudes who probably overcharged, did not. In my opinion, it was not Well, I didn't have any problem with the town at all. But if I do have a problem with the movie, and um, my first problem is it being PG-13 is very unviolent. Um, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of scenes of gladiators mm-hmm. and it's that kind of it's not like gladiator the movie where you see people get or braveheart for instance where it's bloody like it would be hitting people with swords and this we get blood on the ground you do but never any blood <laughs> from people and blood on a sword but, but it's very clinical it's like it's it like cuts they away the sword at the right and dipped it in red paint and weird. that kind of irks me a little bit because i'm i'm watching it thinking oh, come on i can see some blood i've seen blood before like you can but you're not 13. Exactly. So that kind of... I would like I like an R-rated kind of thing, version of this. It's, it makes it a bit more gritty. The other thing I think it... Um, I liked the spectacle of Pompeii, and, and I really got into the... I was like, wow, these special effects are really cool. But the other thing was, it kept falling... Like, it was this really awesome tale of the Roman Empire and everything, and I was really into that, and gladiators. I like all that stuff. But then it kept falling into the movie trope thing as... The whole end sequence with um, Kit Harrington mm. chasing the bad guy down the street. Yep. And it's extended. It seems to go on forever. And it, oh, yeah. And then there's a big... Fu- you know, it's like a, the end of Die Hard or something. It's like this action movie. It turns into this action movie thing. And that kept reminding me that it was a movie all the time. It was like, oh, wow, yeah, we've got to have the chase now. Oh, the bad guy's got to get his comeuppance. Oh, yeah, you've got to have the secondary character do that with the other guy. I kept feeling all those yep, things. Yep. Formulaic. So you feel the movie bit. And that kept pulling me out. That's what it. I was saying. Like, it could have been a fictional tale about a, a volcano we've never heard of. Right. And that would have taken away some of that sting of the movie story. But you're watching it, like you said, we've, we've thrown in a few historical details about the Roman Empire being assholes and kind of... Really, bully, gloss, really bullying everyone into following their emperor and all that kind of shit, and then oh the the maiden in distress has got her big eyes. I mean, but, I liked her and everything, but yes, you 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 get slammed right back to Rose all of a sudden, and Rose yeah. doesn't exist on the Titanic, and you're like, I just want to watch the boat sink. I don't want Rose having to go down the aisle yelling, Jug, Jug, Jug. It jug. feels like some somebody. Paul W.S. Anderson and his producer guy or whoever sat there and said, you know, we want to do a big disaster movie. That's the first thing. And he even said that in the extras. I wanted this to be a disaster movie. But it's got a pop. No, I don't think that. (laughs) I think they sat there and said, you know, other big disaster movies, Titanic, they had a really good love story in the heart of them. So that has to be in this. Like, And I don't think it does have to be in it. No. Uh, There were real people who lived there. True. I like the love story, but it feels... It's a hokey love story. It's very... Oh, the princess... I didn't the... hate it, though. I no, didn't hate it. Because I, I was ready to buy into it from the moment it happened. I mean, I, I like okay the sentiment it. behind it of, you know, he's really in love with it. Like, he will he will spare his life for her. Like, you know, he, he could have escaped and he didn't... Yeah, yeah, but it's been like one day. It literally, literally has, but... I, it's you have, one day. You really have to read more in... Like it, but, yeah, like in movies, like in most movies... You know, Jack only meets Rose like true. For, for a day or two, and then they. That's know. true. Um, but yeah, it's got this movie cliche, all this stuff, all in the middle of it. But then the surrounding area of it, which it, 
I looked at my uh, watch that I don't have on my wrist. No. It was an hour into the movie when mm-hmm. the shit hit the fan, right? Exactly an hour. Um, and then, literally from that moment on, it's a big roller coaster ride of volcano going off. So, once the volcano went off, I was satisfied. The ending, I thought, was... You mean that could have been the end for you? Just blow up, kill everybody, done. I thought that I mean, would I like to see... That I, would have been the best ending I didn't think all. it was boring watching um, 35 minutes of volcano going off. I actually liked watching the volcano go off. I would rather there be more of that. Like, when the volcano went off, here's what we should have had. In the in the highest height of um, drama, when the gladiators are fighting and she's being taken off by the bad guy and the parents are there with the bad guy who's threatening to kill them if he, they don't give them their daughter and all that shit, the thing erupts, everybody looks up, the ash falls on them, they're all dead, and then you spend 35 minutes watching the city just get buried. That would have been <laughs> a good 35 minutes. But, um, yeah, I liked it. it. It's a popcorn movie, and it's really weird. What does that say, mean exactly? Like, it's, it's shut off your brain and watch it. It's not complicated in, in the slightest. There, Even the politics of this movie are just, like, spelled out. Everything's spelled out to you. There's nothing where you can go... Uh, what does he mean by that? Or I have to work that out. There's not. Well, that's good though. I don't like com- super complicated ones. Right. Poli- and I speaking. do like those, but there's a time and place for all kinds of movies. And this is a, you know what you're gonna get? It's right there on the box. A volcano erupting and some people. That is what you get, right? <laughs> is that the selling point? Where they went into the studio and said, "Look, we got a volcano. Yeah, and some people. It's Pompeii, man." The volcano will us, go off. It will look amazing. Give us $100 million. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it is. It's what it is on the box. And to say, it's, I'm saying it's a popcorn movie, you know, it's actually a true thing about a load of people dying, which so is Titanic, but mm-hmm. you still enjoy it. It's weird, right? It is weird. So that's what this is. It's not up to the quality of Titanic. In, Are you sure? No, not in my opinion. Not visually. Not no. visual special effects, but as far as the story goes, it's equal. The story's pretty much the same. The story. rich girl falls in love with the poor boy. It's the same story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the formulaic bit. Um, now let's get on to the cast, because I've got interesting things to say about the cast. Uh, first, I want to say, Kit Harrington plays Milo, and you'll know him from Game of Thrones. He's Jon Snow. Jon Snow. He can't carry it. I don't think he's good enough to be the lead of a movie, especially something that's this big. But he's not bad. Now, personally, I... The way they styled him in this movie... Oh, my God. When he first came on the hair, screen, like, I, was hair gel like, on I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Yeah. Is this just, we want to bring a hunky movie yeah, to life? Well, that's what it is, isn't it? And I'm 46. I don't give a shit about hunky bodies. I mean, the guy's got hair Other gel than yours. In his hair. <laughs> you just not sweat and blood? No, it's hair gel. <laughs> you know the bit where the, with the horse, when they're in the... Yep, and they're, they're they're literally being dragged across the land, chained up, and you know, and he's got hair, and his hair's perfect, and his abs are awesome, and he's and like, he's glistening. It's just very unrealistic, and I don't actually hundred percent think he's a great actor either. He, he just does what he does. It's just the same as Jon Snow. Well, I disagree with that a little bit. He's very similar to Jon Snow in that he's a repressed, angry, vengeful young man. Yep. Yes. He looks identical to Jon Snow. I didn't change him in any way. In this, he actually. He didn't speak much. If you add up all his lines, he says about 10 things. He speaks to the 
Very little. Or a bit. Very little, though. So I thought that was a benefit. Because if he had too many lines, that would have made him even weaker. I think he was fine for what he was, because what they were doing was creating a hunky gladiator to get through the movie and save the girl. And he did that perfect. I wonder what hair gel was in those days. Was it beef sperm or some weird, something weird, wasn't it? Oh, you're thinking highbrow. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, um, not highbrow. Grease? Pig grease? No. Maybe. Maybe horse ejaculate? <laughs> That's something about Mary. Um, yeah. So Exactly. So, yeah, I don't, I didn't particularly like him in it, but... I will say he does one thing well, and that is the actual action sequences where yeah. he has to fight with the sword. I actually think he does those. I bought good. it. I bought it totally. Yeah. He took a lot of. Life. But when he when he opens his mouth, I, I I'm not that into him. I, I don't think he's that great on Game of Thrones, and I really like Game of Thrones. You but know what I think? I, I think he thinks he's really good. He does, and he's and when there's some interviews with him on this Blu-ray, he's, he's taking it so serious, yep. like, and it's not actually super serious this movie. It's and then you bit, read about how he had this obsession with getting his body right and that that's what he wants is to like totally um re to transform his body for a role now i think that christian bale becoming a stick figure for a movie or gaining 60 pounds for a movie or robert de niro doing these different things i mean he's not giving them any more movie. credit he's his, he's, true but what he's trying to do is emulate that and that doesn't elevate your performance it doesn't inform him at all. It's just him wanting to look ripped for a part. Yeah. And I think that adds to his every motion that when he's walking and when he's standing, he's just like, I'm going to be a poster right now. So, no, I think, and this movie didn't do particularly well in the box office, and I think that is one of the reasons. I don't think he is a leading man movie star. I think he'd be fine as a side role. Like, like actually... Going on to the next guy, Atticus, mm-hmm. who was played by uh, somebody uh, with a really complicated <laughs> name. You, you go on, attempt that name. Uh, it is... Adiwale. Adiwale. Akini... Sorry, sorry. I apologize. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I apologize. And you know people can't pronounce I actually name. think he, and he's the sidekick... Would have been better as yeah. a leading man. I think it would. They needed to do less voiceovers, and he needed to lose that extra Caribbean accent he was yeah. trying to. I understand that's where his British. character would have come from, right? Very, very possibly at that time. But nobody else tried to feign any kind of accents. I don't think they just did the British accents yeah. and and Carrie Moss did American accent. And I think that why was she American? She's, She's American. American. She's American, so she did an American accent. She didn't change. She her didn't accent. speak much. No. <laughs> well, still, but I, think, this guy, I was thinking that too. He could have been a good. But they didn't let him just be. They wanted him to be this mammoth. Um, I bought him as a gladiator more than I bought Kit Harrington as one. I bought. See, that was the thing about Kit Harrington. I did buy it because when we see his tale, his story is horrible. It's not a new tale, and um, just like Gladiator Guy, there is a like a. We all know if something horrible happens to you when you're a child, you carry that with you forever. You just do. There's no one undoing it. It's reality. We've all had certain things, right? And this guy, as far as a character goes, I thought he pulled it off in that his anger is bigger than him. And so I totally buy that he's been able to kick everybody's ass all the way through. So I had no problem with him being the gladiator, but he's not very charismatic. Mm. And I don't. I'm not saying that a person who's a gladiator needs to be charismatic, but as far as like watching someone and being compelled by 
what they're saying or how they're looking or how they're doing their thing. He just doesn't, like, liven up anything. He wouldn't like that comment, but... So the leading lady is Emily Browning, um, who plays Cassia, and we know her from... I know her from Sucker Punch. She was baby doll in Sucker Punch. Um, don't really know her from much else, to be honest, but I love that movie, so... <laughs> I even still have my wallpaper on my computer is her, like, so... Um, now, I, I thought she was okay, but it's really... That could have been anybody for me. Yeah. Um, and I like her, but, you know... Because Carrie Ann Moss, even though it's a tiny part, she doesn't say much, she had more... I was more compelled by her certain... She had a lot of things going on. Whereas this young lady was like, one thing was this horrible asshole guy is pursuing her. She just wants to come I home. I mean, I liked... Some oh, of the yeah, elements that she was not such a pushover and she was, you know, trying to fight back. But she was still a damsel in distress. Yeah, she really was when it and when it came down to Whereas it. Whereas Carrie Ann Moss, was she next? Carrie Ann Moss plays the mother um, and she's Aurelia. Um, but she's, her, ba- she's barely in it. Yeah, but her and that dude that you like from Mad Men, I was totally, I totally bought it that she totally loves him. She understands the politics. He is kind of a weasel, but he also, we find out through the telling of the... Yeah, the we're talking about... But it's Carrie Ann Moss and Jared Harris. Right. Um, who is Richard Harris's son. And they were actually my two favorite things in the whole movie. And they were in it very little, but the politics, yeah. the reality of people living in that town or that city, all came through them more to me than anybody else. He's a businessman. What he's trying to do is to get the emperor from Rome to invest in Pompeii, build a new... Um, Colosseum, build new streets, build new aqueducts. So he's kind of weaseling his way into this asshole guy who's coming to town. And she totally gets it. But she's also, she just has moments of, I thought, not brilliance or anything, but like in the tiny bit that we see them, they portrayed more about me, about the times and the people than anybody else did. Yeah. And, um... and she touches him so lovingly. It's like they really know each other. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Or she's um, just really good actress. Yeah, so uh, the bad guy's played by Kiefer Sutherland. He plays Corvus. One of the bad guys. I thought he did it pretty well. Yeah. Because to be like a Roman leader of any... As far as movies like this go, you have to kind of hate them as an audience member. The hate mm-hmm. has to be like, oh, please, I want somebody to kill him. And I felt that for him all the time. Like, literally from the moment he came on Are you sure that's not just a Kiefer Sutherland reaction? No, because I I don't really have any... Neither here nor there about him, to be honest. You know? I'm not a fan. I'm not... I I don't watch 24. And that's what he's famous for, pretty much. Name the top movie in your mind right now that you use. Lost Boys? Yeah. (laughs) 30 years ago. That's how long ago, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And back then, he was too cool for school, kind of thing. And I don't think he's ever overcome it for me. No, I hated him from the moment he stepped on the screen... And I was like, oh yeah, he needs to be... He's a baddie that needs to be took down. Like when you watch Star Wars and Darth Vader walks down He's a bit thing. of a caricature yeah, totally. of a bad guy. But the pompous, arrogant, I'm a Roman, I'm from the Roman city, I work for the Emperor, totally comes through. Yeah, like Joaquin Phoenix in um, Gladiator. Yeah. You just want that guy to die because he's an <laughs> asshole. Like, he just From the second he opens his mouth, you're like, okay, that's the guy who needs to die. And I felt that for this guy. And I thought he did a pretty good job. Like you said, the, there's the yeah, there's this standard fight at the end, which I thought was going to end up with him falling off something. But um, <laughs> oh, falling into the volcano would have been awesome, but it's kind of hard to get up there. At yeah, the, at the time of the that would have been a twist. 
He would have had to gone up at the beginning of the movie, fall in the volcano. Drove up on a chariot, on his chariot thing. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, but that doesn't happen, sadly. Um, so this is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. He's famous for Resident Evil, Three Musketeers, and the Death Race movie. Did you like the Death Race movie with Jason Statham? The remake of Death Death Race, the first one. I don't think I did like it much. I, don't th- I think it was one of those. Very standard, very, you know, ensemble-y. I kind of um, liked it just because I had... Um, it's got a grisliness about it that... It wasn't enough like the original for me, though, because... You'd it, have to go back and listen to our thing, because I don't remember exactly Because they that. took it into, like, an arena kind of thing. It was a when, prison. Yeah, when the original was this Across America race, which is what I liked about that. Right, but in so the 2000s, confounded. you can't have that. Yeah, People but that would have been cool to do that. You could have done it if it was, like, a thousand years in the future. Yeah. We're, we're not talking about Pompeii anymore. That tells you one thing about Pompeii. It doesn't stir up a long... In me, like her... I, you and I could pick up a conversation about her and the technology and the idea of it again. And I could go on and on. And we could talk about it. Not that the movie's great, but that it can spark a certain conversation. Pompeii does none of that. It is what, It made me want to look up Pompeii. Yeah, but still, Paul W.S. Talking about the director, Paul W.S. Anderson. How I think about him is... He makes these popcorn movies as I say like they're, they're for people to have a fun night at the movies like the Resident Evil movies you know they're not they're not masterpieces or anything like that they're just oh you know what you're gonna get that's what you're gonna get what's on the box and that's usually what you get aside from some of the Resident Evil movies don't match up to you know they're not all great uh, and the Death Race Are any of them great? And the Death Race movie, you know, you kind of know what you're going to get, and it's just a straight-up action movie with some cars and some blowing-up stuff. That's what he does. And it's kind of like a... He does it himself. He has his own film company. Um, the next movie he's doing is Resident Evil 6, and then that's the end of the Resident Evil thing. I'd be interested to see what he goes on to do after that. But I was quite surprised with this movie from him, because I think it... I want him to come up with something brand new. Everything he's done is something that already exists. Death Race, Pompeii, Resident Evil. Three Musketeers. They all exist. I want him, if he could I mean, create he a world. Spin on all but of if them. he could, but I don't want to spin anymore. I want him to be creative, and not go, oh, I can make this cool. I want him to say, I've created a world in a time and a place with people that don't exist except in my mind, and now I'm going to put them on the big screen. And that's why I think. Um that the Resident Evil series is coming to an end now, the sixth one is the last one, that it'll be interesting to see what he does do, you know? I mean, he's really into... I don't think it will be, because I think he'll take some other property that He's really into historical stuff, I was reading, like, a lot. So, you know, he might do another historical-type movie, but I think he should do a historical-type movie with a serious edge to it, like, not like this. How about... Take a historical event that you're particularly interested in. Study the shit out of it. Research it. Move us 5,000 years in the future and recreate the the bare bones of that event, but in the future. Something where he... Because he can't seem to rely on his own stuff. But I want to see something completely well, different. I'm saying, different. I don't think he does a bad job of what he does. He does. Well, you're saying every single thing we're talking about is like middle of the road it's, it's or fa- not great. It's good. They... You can sit down and have a fun time with them. All of them. They're not deep or thoughtful or anything like that. That That's not what he does, I don't think. I think that's his thing. When I said he was a guilty pleasure to watch it, you're almost watching it going, this is kind of bad, isn't it? But I'm having fun watching it. Then why do you feel guilty? That's what a guilty pleasure is to me. Like, where I'm sat watching it going, 
why am I watching this? It's not even that good, but I'm actually liking what I see. You know, I know maybe the, the acting's bad. I'm just bad. asking, where's the guild come in? What do you well, that's the what they call the guilty pleasure, right? I know. I'm asking, what does that mean? Like you, you feel like if you if you said to somebody, I'm just sat and watched all the Resident Evil movies this weekend. You'd have that kind of thing to you, like I shouldn't have really done that because like what I a waste of time that was. For, yeah. But I did that, and I actually had some fun. It was kind of weird. Like that's how I feel about all his movies, to be honest. That three, I actually feel like that about Pirates of the Caribbean, though, because it's. But there's certain qualities hokey. about movies like the Pirates of the Caribbean that are hard. It's intangible. We've discussed this. Oh, the Lone Ranger. Put your finger that we just saw Lone recently. Ranger doesn't have it to me. I mean, it it was all right, but it wasn't like. It didn't do that thing. Where when you're watching Pirates of the Caribbean, or... Not all of them. No, no, true, true, no. Um, I guess the world of the Pirates of the Caribbean, because it's a it's a creation. Okay, Harry Potter movies, you know, something where it's all been created by someone. The Hunger Games. Hunger Games? I don't particularly love them, but I get what you're saying. That there is a get lost in the fantasy of it. And I would like him to make some fantasy of his own. Like, make up something completely, completely different. But it's weird for me, because I'm kind of a fan of his. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've really disliked his stuff. But it's, you know, it's really... Let's do a rundown here. You love Resident Evil games. Yeah, before you that's went the into reason the I watched the movies. Right. Yeah. And you like Mila, because of Fifth Element, partially. I do too. And there's a certain vibe to them that are just sort of kick-ass... Yeah. Kick-ass, um, you know, dystopian kind of vibe. And they look good. Look, You know, like, fun. Production values are high and all that stuff. Death Race, you loved it when you were a kid because it was so weird and, and crazy. You go into that with a little grain of, okay, I just love the whole concept already. And I like Jason Statham. Right. So you're going into each one of his projects with already a little bit, a few points on his in his favor. How about if he just starts from scratch? That's what I want to see. And maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe we will. Um, yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it, Paul? It's is it? I was just thinking about guilty pleasures. Fast and the Furious movie series is a guilty pleasure to me because mm-hmm. I'm always watching them. Going that you should feel guilty about. Yeah, but <laughs> there's fun to be. At. I have fun watching them, but I clearly know in my mind that they're kind of bad. They're like a bad movie. But there's something... What makes a bad movie, though, because they're not bad. They're high quality. The performances aren't great, but they're just middle of the road. It, the action sequences are awesome. They're like hit Paul so W.S. Anderson bad. movies. Paul W.S. Anderson could direct a Fast and the Furious movie, and it wouldn't feel out of place because it's his wheelhouse. It's wheelhouse. It's, <laughs> it literally is. It's, it's action, kind of, you know, reasonably poor, reasonable to poor acting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there'll be parts of it where there's a smile on your face and there'll be parts of it where you roll your eyes like that's it I'll tell you what part of part of what is in his stories is that thing I mentioned before it's like you've given a hundred million dollars to a 17 year old who wants to make this movie and there are certain sort of like naive things that he does that aren't as sophisticated or as, like, picking his cast. I don't think he picked the cast, though. That producer guy seemed to be the guy who picked the cast. Yeah, he did. And he's more about being cool and doing something that's cool and look how cool this is and aren't I cool because I've made this cool movie because I live in the Hollywood world. 
than he is about making a movie that like is like artsy. And I don't think movies. I don't are artsy think that's his thing, though. That's, that's what I'm saying. He has that certain. Um, he's not Spike Jones or. Wes Spike Anderson. Jones isn't that great. No, I mean he's not somebody who's that thoughtful. He's he's more of a. Yeah. His story is like you know. Pompeii, a <laughs> volcano goes off. That's what we'll do. The volcano will go off. It'll be cool. Like, not, like, let's have this but then cerebral story underneath youthful it. look at a romance that right. doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, because he, he looked at Titanic and went, yeah, that's pretty good. And <laughs> that would be good the only the, one about it. But. And that would be good in the middle of our movie. Oh, Star Wars. There's, there's, that's good. You know, something like that. Something like, the crowd loves it. That's what we do. Exactly. What do people want to see? Yeah. Instead of, I'm making my movie, and we'll just see how it goes. Whereas your other Paul Anderson makes his movies, from what I can tell, purely on his own steam. Like, he just wants to make a movie that he wants to see. Um, so Because compare Magnolia to Pompeii. No. <laughs> no, I can't even do it. So going on to the Blu-ray of Pompeii, um, you should actually buy this Blu-ray. What? Um because when you turn the box art over and look at the back, there's a picture of Kit, Har- Kit Harrington that I find hilarious. Kit Harrington. And I, I don't know why it's funny. But I can already imagine him as a really old man who's like past his prime and really bitter because no one wants him anymore. I I'm going to show you this funny picture of him. <laughs> and you're, you're going to... Is it the opening shot when he walks into no, the movie? No, it's not. I don't, it's just funny. It just looks funny. <laughs> no one else can see it but me. Are you ready? No, you have to go on, uh, just go on like DVD Empire or somewhere, look at the back cover of this Blu-ray. Yeah, that's it! Oh my god, that's what he looked like walking on. It's hilarious the though, like, it's just funny looking. Because it doesn't, it doesn't act, it's not, it's not it's like it's the action. Fair. It's like it's the action figure. Yes, he's him. an action figure. Yeah. He has a stylized design, because did gladiators wear that? Maybe they did, but they didn't. It's wow. the worst armor ever, isn't it? No shit, you're... <laughs> Yeah, but he has abs of steel, so it's fine. True, right? but but he, it's only protecting one nipple and your arm. <laughs> one arm, one nipple. That's it. Yeah, so it's but terrible. It looks maybe hot. maybe it was the Romans were like, yeah, give them the shitty armor, they'll die anyway. <laughs> that is probably right. Yeah. So um, the Blu-ray actually is a pretty good set. It comes with the Blu-ray 3D, the normal Blu-ray, and a ultraviolet digital copy. Um, the movie looks and sounds. As far as technically. The sound was really good in this movie. When there was earthquake tremors mm-hmm. from the... It actually rumbled the room. I was like, wow, that's really impressive. There was a lot of um, things falling and rubble falling and it was all behind you. I liked all that. I thought it added a lot to it. If you'd have watched this like, you know, at three o'clock in the morning with the volume low on your you know, computer, I don't think it'd have had the same impact. Because a lot of it is the spectacle of the sound and the visuals. Um, there are some special features. There are a bunch of deleted scenes, and there are some featurettes, um, which we watched. Mm-hmm. And the featurettes are pretty good. Pretty Paul, good. I know that Paul W. S. Anderson likes to get on the camera there in his featurettes. He always does, even in the Resident Evil ones, and tell you what's going on. And he looked like he was really working hard. He was filthy at one point, <laughs> and you get to see. You know, not enough for me. I like to see how CG and stuff is done, and they didn't really go in depth with it. But um, I did like seeing them. They actually went to Pompeii, the actual ruins there, and they took all the photographs of it to get it all accurate. Um, but it wasn't accurate. 
when you read about it a little bit. No, because they kind of they kind of made it look like for a movie. They have a lot of aerial shots of Pompeii, which is kind of cool in the movie, um, like a helicopter flying. It's on. Google Maps. But yeah. they've put all the roofs back on. Because if you look at Google Maps, go on right now, unless you're driving your car. Go to do Pompeii Ruins, or Pompeii, Italy. Look at the Earth view of it. You, it takes a minute for you to kind of figure out what's actually the the heart of Pompeii that was destroyed. And then, of course, the city's all built up around. So here's one thing I learned. In my mind, okay, here's my mind for all of my life. All of my 46 years, or from the moment I first heard of Pompeii and the... The people and, you know, the dog being frozen in the moment and all that shit. Here's my vision of Pompeii until today. It is an excavation site. It is desolate. There is nothing there except for some tents and this big thing where people are working and digging. And that's it, right? That's my vision of it. I look at Google Maps today and what do I find? Humans just can't help themselves. It wasn't even unearthed until like the 18th century or something like that. And since then, a whole big city is built up around it. So there's streets and people and cars and trucks. And then right in the middle of it is the ruins. And it just cheapens it. So it's like, I don't know. It's because of tourism, I suppose. But so, you can see that in the on Google Earth, you see it. In the movie, you're looking at Google Earth, I betcha. And they just took some of those images, put them in CGI... Put the roofs on the buildings again because it's just walls. You can tell it's all crumbled, you know, like destroyed. And it looked kind of, to me, it didn't look great. It looked kind of like... And I, I had low like expectations. Like the interns for CGI were doing the city and everybody's like, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We'll just go See, I, I thought the opposite. I thought that it looked way better than I was thinking it would look. And when the Colosseum started to buckle under the weight of the... That looked good. Eruption, and you could see the volcano in the background. I was like, wow, this is... This, this oh, I'm not is talking about that, though. I'm talking about when they did the aerial rails. shots. Yeah, yeah, it looked like a fake, poorly rendered CGI Sony. Some of it was good. Some of it was all right. I never was like, oh, this is bad. Because it, it all looked fairly all right. Like, there are shots in, like, I was thinking the Hunger Games. There are shots in the Hunger Games of the futuristic city when they do, like, a... To show you, we're coming up to... I always think that they look a bit... Like, they skimped a bit on them. Yeah, cause... like you're looking at the Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz. It looks yeah. like it's painted on a big board. Do, it, and it's very quick. <laughs> yep. You just show it here and then that's it. And you're like, oh, that was a bit crappy. And then it's all right. You forgot about that's it. That's my standard for the painted background. Because Emerald City was painted on a great big background. And now when you see a movie that even gives a hint of that, you're like, oh, Star Wars. On. A lot of the backgrounds are matte paintings. That's what those are called. Matte paintings. Uh, a lot of the backgrounds, the cities, uh, they're just paintings. Um... And it, Star Wars isn't great. No, but even when you watch it now in high definition on Blu-ray, it's hard to spot the matte paintings. It, I don't know what they did, what magic they did to it, but some movies you go, oh, look, painting. Well, it was made in the future. So. True. So um, there are a bunch of extras. Uh, there's also filmmakers' commentary, and um, I thought those extras were quite good. Like, they're better than this movie kind of deserves. <laughs> oh. In okay. terms of extras, because you'll watch some movies where they're amazing movies and then there's just some shitty little extras. This is goes into depth a bit, you know. Um, so it's uh, Pompeii overall. Um, I enjoyed it, but it's fairly forgettable as well. I don't think it's forgettable as in the actual volcano going off. It's quite, in de- you know, it sticks in your mind, but... 
the performances and because the same way that now if I say to you meteor shower or asteroid shower hitting the earth what do you think of Armageddon right so in the same way if you say to me Pompeii when it erupted I'm gonna imagine parts of this movie yeah you are yeah because not the explosion parts (laughs) minus all the people and maybe the ships coming down the thing and all that you know yeah like you never thought that there was a tsunami involved or earthquakes involved obviously i've not studied much or paid attention in school when they taught me about pompeii so that's the stuff that makes me the little nugget of oh what really happened there and go look it up that's what i'll remember more than anything else and that i don't know if i want to see Jon snow in another movie yeah i'm not it, but I'm all for K- Carrie and Moss. I'll get her in another movie with that dude. I'd be happy to see him together again. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting movie because I definitely wasn't bored ever. Mm-mm. Like, I was like, oh, this is... Pre-. and it's. Fairly- I went on for the ride. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, God. There were some moments where you're like, ah, ooh, ah. Uh, you know? So I went with it. I wasn't sitting there rolling It's my not eyes. overly long. It's not like a three-hour movie. It's like a 90-minute... No. We like movies that are really long, but not if it's... Not difficult to get there. Yeah. Like if they'd made that chariot thing another ten minutes long. I mean, this one like, breathes ah. by, to be honest. Uh, so that's it. It's it's a popcorn flick. If you want to see some destruction, there's a lot of it, and there's also some mediocre acting. So that's Pompeii, and um, you know, I don't know. I think if you like disaster movies, there's something for you here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, if you like things I don't know, like- though, because I think, as a, you know, when you're disaster hungry, which sounds really horrible, but when you're watching a movie that's a depiction of a disaster, you want more of the disaster. Pretty- and what we got was one street that we got to see, full of people running. We saw the water rush in, but that all looked kind of wonky to me. Um, so you didn't see the, the, you know, to me... I'm thinking of another big... Plus, we didn't get... What I really wanted was, and this sounds like a movie trope as well, but for when when we all know the thing erupts and the ash comes down, then to have it forward, just a quick thing, just like a day or two days, and just to see the, the lava that settled. And that's it. And that's like the end where you just see... Before, we saw a big sprawling city. Now, we see the city covered. Because I've never seen an image of it covered, I don't think. I'd have to look. But I'd be really, I would think that would be an interesting image to see. And it, I'll, leave, I'll leave you on the end of this with, there's another disaster movie that was out called 2012. <laughs> I think I'd rather watch Pompeii because that Oh yeah, was, I agree. That was, the CG in that one was really hokey. Like, that was just a letdown. This one is way better. But at than least that. 2012 was all mm, speculation. Yeah, but it As just was didn't the, deliver at all. The core. Also bad CGI. (laughs) So uh, next week's Blu-ray review will be Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. We're going to review that next week. And if you want to enter a contest, we've got a couple of new ones on aschoolie.com. You can win some Blu-rays. Go to aschoolie.com. Movie recommendations this week. I am going with the movie 300 for being one of my favorite. I was going to say Gladiator, but it's this movie's trying hard to be Gladiator. So I didn't want to like recommend Gladiator so I'm going with 300 300's got a sequel coming up which we're going to review so it's kind of topical and my other one's Resident Evil the first Resident Evil movie we've seen five the fifth one I didn't really like that much I thought the third one was really good where she was pregnant in the desert in real life she was pregnant in the desert Um, 
And I thought the first nah, one... it wasn't because was... she was all smoothed over all the time. They did that. The movie was good, though. I liked the idea of that one. With in the, the desert. crows. A bit Mad Max Zombie crows. Yeah, like, you know, like, end of the world type thing. You got to see Las Vegas covered in sand. Yeah. Uh, and I liked the first one. So those Resident Evil movies, they're really silly and everything, but there is some fun to be had with them. And we watched them all again. When we watched the fifth one, we watched them all in a row. So we have done that. And we probably do that again, I would imagine. So then you did have that moment when you had to explain to somebody, I watched all the Resident Evil movies this weekend. (laughs) When we did the review of the fifth one, I guess. And your recommendations are? Obvious, don't you think? Yeah. And these aren't because they're good, because they're not, but because they're other depictions of volcanoes. And they're just Volcano, which is the worst of the two, I think, and Dante's Peak, also bad. Here's why I'm recommending them, not just because they're volcano movies, and they're obvious. They're also forgettable, mostly. I mean, they're not not forgettable because I remember them, but I mean, as in, there's nothing... They're not great. There's nothing important or interesting about them. What's interesting about them to me was the summer they both came out, that's out in the same year, which is funny. Um, I went to the theater and watched them each more than once, and I was just enthralled by the concept. The one where the volcano was coming up in the middle of Los Angeles, the other one, Dante's Peak. That was Tommy Lee Jones of James Bond. James Bond, yeah. yes, and Terminator Lady. Yeah. Is in Dante's Peak. Um that one is like it's just a volcano that's been there forever and now it's going to erupt and it's got sort of a twister vibe also not good also came out the same summer but you know this ensemble cast of volcanologists who are studying the seismology blah 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 and you know there's the the nerdy one and the hip girl and the guy who drinks the coffee and all same in any disaster movie a lot of them yeah um but there are what you were considering this like sit back watch the spectacle um, ignore this bad special effects and and at the end of both of these movies I can say this about Pompeii it doesn't have a happy ending no I love it I love that I was looking forward and that's not a spoiler either because you all know what happens to those exactly. people I was preparing myself for some sort of miraculous you know da 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 whatever none of that but in these movies there's this triumphant kissy kissy smiley smiley never mind that millions of people have just died never mind that our entire twister has is... the same thing yes it does and so you know open your mind and enjoy the different interpretations from the hollywood point of view of how a volcano could i always like that volcano movie from the 70s i think it was just called volcano and it was really really bad it looked like somebody had made like a <laughs> paper mache volcano and just they'd... the 70s yeah, they were put, like it was a, like a paper when it went off. Yeah, yeah, looked like a paper mache volcano, and somebody was pouring like red food coloring <laughs> down the side of it. <laughs> but because it was from the, it was a TV movie, I think from the seventies. To me, as a kid, it was real. Yeah, exactly, so and that's was, I need to watch all of these. Yeah, these this caliber of disaster movie is, you know, when you think of something like original Poseidon Adventure and the original. Um, What's the how the building that burns down? That one with Robert Redford. Towering Inferno. Towering Inferno. Those are serious. Like it's a serious kind. And then you've got the disaster airplane movies. Not airplane, but the ones that they're it's mocking. Seventy seven. Yeah, that are like hardcore serious. They take themselves seriously. They are trying to depict like this doom and gloom. Those are fine. Surely you can't be serious. They give you. (laughs) (laughs) I am serious. Don't call me sure. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it for you. Just walk into that trap. Shall I movies about gladiators? 
You would like it depends on the movie and it depends <laughs> on the gladiator. We're right back where we started. That's the first question you asked me. Do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> you know what? I understand that I'm a woman and I've been a, a girl, female person my entire life. I am attracted to you. I'm attracted to other particular types of men. But I'll tell you what, anybody who fucking thinks that a dude with humongous muscles or ripped stomach or anything like that is anything other than up his own ass and that you want him in your life, do you understand that that body requires many hours away from you and he's not doing it for you? He's doing it for himself. That means he has a huge ego. He wants to be more attractive than you, more get more attention than you. So the muscles to me represent egotistical up your own ass. Now, that makes it instantly unattractive. I don't understand the appeal of big muscles. It is ridiculous. People are brainwashed into thinking about it. So, so get over it. So enough about Kit Harrington. And let's, <laughs> let's move on to games. He and would not like stuff. that representation. <laughs> He'd be like, but I was so yeah. perfect. <laughs> So, um, games and A-Scully stuff. I've been playing a couple of games this week. First one, and this is weird, this game should not really exist, but they had a Kickstarter, and they got this game made. And uh, back in the 80s, there was a game called um, Tex Murphy, and it was a series of games, and they were games that were made using full-motion video. So, it was like a choose-your-own-adventure kind of game. You talked about this last week. No, and it was a private eye, and um, it was like an adventure game, and you would solve cases. And how it was told to you, it was on CD-ROM, when <laughs> CD-ROMs were the big technology and everybody was starting to get into the PCs and the 486s. And you had to have a really good C- uh, PC and it had to have a sound blaster card and all that stuff. But they were high production, full motion video games that were made... High production? Yeah, f- for the time. And they were green screen before green screen was really a, you know, it was a cutting edge technology at the time. And it was this detective, Tex Murphy, and you would go through this series of adventures and it was all portrayed to you in video. So you, he would walk on the screen and say some stuff, just like a real actor. It's not a computer game. And then you would do something and it would give you the next piece of video. And it was like watching a film, but you was controlling it. Now, in 2014, those games don't exist anymore, full motion video games. They were massive in the 90s because CD-ROM technology made them so and there was porn ones and there was sci-fi ones and everybody did one. So the people who made um, Tex Murphy, the actual developers of Tex Murphy, who long time ago went defunct, said on Kickstarter, we'd like to bring Tex Murphy back, but EA and all those people aren't interested in a full motion video game. How about, like, we kickstart one, and if I get enough money to make it, we'll make a new Tex Murphy adventure. All the Tex Murphy fans, which you would think, that's probably not that many people. There was a lot of them. They gave them $10 million. $10 million to make a new Tex Murphy game. Now, the new Tex Murphy game is the same. How many people? I don't know how many people it was, but they, they ended up with $10 million to make this game. And... It's a 2014 full motion video game, which they don't exist. There's no games like that. There's games with a... So this is a second one in two weeks, then? Well, there's a game with a full motion video intro, and then there's an actual game. This is all full motion video, right? So it's... And you know what's really cool about it? Because it's 2014, and because they got a lot of money to make it, they filmed it in 4K. So it's 4K full motion video. So if you've got a 4K monitor, this thing is, like, beyond high definition. It's, like extremely 
um, high resolution. So they use cameras that like they use for making multi-million dollar movies. Um, but it's still got this cheesy, crappy acting style, which it's synonymous with. And it's the same kind of gameplay. You know, you're solving crimes, you're collecting items and trying to combine them to solve a problem like like a simple thing is there's a uh, old vinyl record on his desk and then you'll find some glue in his desk and when you combine them together the record fixes and then you can listen to the record it's that kind of point and click adventure but it's all video it's really high quality video with really high quality green screen nowadays and it continues the adventure of of Tex Murphy from the last one uh so if you're a big fan of his and you played the the final game in the series in the 90s this actually takes place straight after it, and it even calls back to that game and shows you some of the scenes from that game. So you have to be a same real... guy. It is the same guy, and it's some of the other same people who you will recognize, some peripheral characters. Um, it's called the Tesla Effect, so it's got a sci-fi element to it this time. It actually takes place in the future, um, flying cars, future. So it's not. He was like a gumshoe back in the, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's really fun and. I like these type of games because they're very relaxing. Like it's not like you're stressing out trying to kill twenty people and got to, you know, Call of Duty. I've got to like newsflash. You don't have to play Call of Duty. I'm saying like a, <laughs> like a game like a like a game where it's like hyper action and you. For me, to, that'd be Plants vs Zombies on the highest level. Yeah, or you've got you know you you're really like, got to be on the ball. Oh oh oh! That stupid conehead fucker. Oh, oh. Well, this is like watching a movie, you know, and you just you know trying to solve. Well, some, if you do something wrong. There is no consequences to doing stuff wrong. You just don't progress. You've just got to. So it's like... not a game. So it's not a game. Well, it's an interactive movie, I would call it, and that's what those things were back in the nineties, FMV games. Um, it's just, it's so high tech though. Like it, like they were very sluggish and slow. Those old CD-ROM games. You'd choose something, and then it have to wait for the disc to read it, and then it would show you. This is all instantaneous. You know, oh, it's, all right. it's like a real new full motion video. It doesn't have any right really to exist in 2014, but it's awesome that Kickstarter things and things like that can get projects. Because EA was, or somebody like Why that. Why not? Because it sounds like the perfect time if you got the technology True. to make it smooth. And the technology's cheaper now. Like, for you, you know, cameras are cheaper, uh, green screen stuff. Could have movies like that. Yeah. You know? And this is kind of what this is like. It's trying to be like, like a choose your own adventure movie. Um, and it's called the Tesla Effect. It's on Steam, uh, and it's if you've or got... Tesla, as we like to say in America. True. <laughs> uh, and also came out this week is the Call of Duty map pack, and it's called Devastation. Um, yes, it's a bunch of maps for Call of Duty. I play it on the PS4. It's really cool. There's a lot of cool maps, but the big highlight of it is there's one map, and it actually features the Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Whoa. Predator. See, so, there's a movie I can never apologize for. I love The Predator. I could, I've probably watched it a hundred times. So the map is like a temple ruins. And when you... As I told you in the last map pack, Michael Myers was in it. It was like a Halloween-themed um, map. This one's based on The Predator. So it's a temple ruins. And if you get the kill streak, you become The Predator. And now The Predator can go invisible... He can also shoot with his rocket-mounted guns on his... And you've got his heads-up display inside You can his... see his heads-up yeah. display when you're him, because you're in first person. They all see the big Predator coming at them. But the best thing is, when he can take a load of damage, but when he gets to his last bit of damage, you can use the wristwatch and 
blow the yourself nuke. up. You do the nuke and it kills the entire team. You know what? I would mind have a poster of the Predator. Not the Schwarzenegger poster, but with just the Predator on it. So, you know. Hint, hint. So, Call of Duty, um, it's pretty cool. Like, they had, you know, Michael Myers and then the Predator. So, as the soldier and he's over there, does he go invisible and you can see the shimmering Yeah, you can see the shimmering through the... And because it's a, like, a temple themed in the jungle, it's, you know, it's just... So, it's be interesting because there's two more map packs to come. And obviously, they've got this theme of these big um, movie properties uh, in one of the maps be interesting to see who else i was i was trying to go oh, who else could they be you know what else could you theme it on but there's so many things isn't it you know you could have uh seems a bit cheap when you say it like that you could do alien why can't you just do your own thing and not need not require other things it's just a thing they've been doing with this year's college i'm saying they're relying on someone else's money they are but it's cool that they've licensed i don't know how they you know this is different companies because it sounds like oh we have nowhere else to go with our game and we're gonna crap out if we don't get some help from somebody else yeah, but it's not actually part of the game because it's only map packs. It's just like an add-on type thing. Right, okay. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that's Devastation, the map pack. The maps are all pretty cool too, but that's the standard. Or Spider-Man showed up in Call of Duty. Or Batman. I, I wouldn't, but it passed them Superman. Because they kind of they get a bit crazy when they do the DLC. How about Kick-Ass? <laughs> I was thinking Alien would be a good one. Like, in a, like, actually, why not? Like, if you're having Michael Myers, you can have anything, right? You know? So just have them in the future in a spaceship going to war. Doing yeah, just like one that, map, and they the get ship. infected with the. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like the I like. Well, they did Predator. I could see Alien being in there somehow. We'll see. Why? Because you love Aliens versus Predators. The movie. Paul W. S. Anderson did that. I liked Alien versus Predator. Yeah, he did. That was so another he... movie that he did. <laughs> also, not his own shit. See, no. I need to call him up and say, <laughs> Paul, I think you're a creative guy. You've got a creative woman. Uh, you got creative children. I've seen their drawings on Facebook. I don't know why I follow Milo Jovovich. Uh, how about if you sit in a room by yourself with your with typewriter your or whatever. No, by yourself. <laughs> and write something completely new. I want to see what comes out of your brain. Um, I think and, you'd go for it. And third this week, the Walking Dead game, episode three, has come out. We haven't played it yet. I Let's think do it tonight. Yeah, I think we should. Um, I'm going to a little graduation party. It's the third episode of Clementine's second season um i don't want to give any time will never get to graduate from high school there is no more high school true in the walking dead (laughs) unless she's no she won't she won't there's no high school that's what i'm saying well maybe somewhere there's a pocket of civilization left so that is out now and i've stayed clear of spoilers so i don't want it spoiled so uh, we'll be playing that soon yeah and finally uh there's a new game out. we forgot to mention that's a game that you play you do all the choices, and I just watch it as so if like I'm watching a movie. it's like an interactive movie for you, yeah. But it's not interactive. I don't do anything. I just watch well, it. sometimes you'll say, no, say that. Plus, I also... I think sometimes I'm better at games than you. No, not true. <laughs> Maybe not the Call of Duty I'll play you a Call of Duty. <laughs> not Call of Duty. Not that, because mm. I find that very unstimulating and over-stressful. Maybe overstimulating. But when it comes to, like, figuring out things sometimes, I'm pretty good. And finally, there's a new game out on Tuesday, this Tuesday coming up. It's the guys who made Bastion, which was one of my favorite indie games from, like, two years ago. And they've, since then, been making this game, and it's called Transistor. And uh, it's the, it's kind of like the follow-up to Bastion, but it's a similar type of game, but a brand new setting and story. I'll talk about that next week. It's out on PS4 on Tuesday. It's called Transistor. And Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Tonight... 
We will be having tofu, George tofu, so I'm going to call it, because I'm getting out the George Foreman grill again, because I had it last week, and it was amazing. I'm going to thicken up the tofu a little bit and do it not quite as long, but I'll tell you what, I loved it. So any of your complaints are have gone un, un, um, considered. And <laughs> so we got a vegetable. Don't know yet. I think we got peas. And then I might, uh, I don't know what else to go with it, to be honest. That's it for supper. And my advice? Some of you aren't going to like this. And I can feel it already. You're, you're, you're buffering yourself for what I'm about to say. But here it is. You know, okay. What I get tired of hearing people say when they've made a horrible fucking mistake, either raising their children or at their job or in their life. Well, I'm doing my best. I did my best. Or explaining away how some other shitty parent or employee or person made a horrible mistake. Well, she was doing her best. No, you're not. I don't do my best. You don't do your best. If you think you're doing your best to raise your children, do your job, live your life, you're delusional. Because you know, as well as I know, every time you make a really bad mistake. I don't mean a little shit day to day like... Burning the cookies and shit like that because you sometimes that does the big stuff when you marry the wrong person, you actually know it fairly quickly. And if you haven't noticed it, it's not because it's not right in front of your face, it's because you are delusional. You're not paying attention to your life, you're not doing your best to hold together a terrible marriage for the children. And you didn't do your best trying to work your way through college and unfortunately neglected your children in the process. You weren't doing your best. You're being selfish because you want to make the moment you want to make the choice that you want to make in that exact moment because it gives you what you want in that moment. It satisfies something in you. It either makes you, somehow it keeps you safe and secure or it makes you feel good about yourself or it makes you feel like you're accomplishing something or it stimulates you or it feeds an addiction or it feeds some other damage inside of you. If you're staying with a shitty husband and you think you're doing the best you can for your kids, it's because you're already fucked up and that's why you're in a bad relationship and you know it. You're not doing your best. You're doing what's best for you. Even if it's destructive, your choice making is about you. So don't keep bullshitting everybody and saying that you're doing your very best because you're not. And it's fine to say, I'm not doing my best. I wasn't doing my best when I married a dude I barely knew, you know, however many years ago, in the mid-90s. I wasn't doing my best as a person. I didn't do my best to keep it going. I didn't do my best as a wife because it was like, I this is probably not a good idea. I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, this guy's an asshole. I'm going to give it a couple of months. I'm getting out of here. I didn't do my best. Whatever the best is. I'm just getting by. And I'm making shitty choices and bad decisions. And I'm living my life. But when you say, A, I'm doing my best. Or, well, I'm a perfectionist, so I might as well not even try because it'll never be perfect. You're not a perfectionist either. You're full of shit. So today's advice is a little harsh, but you need to accept that you are not doing your best. You're either doing what appears to be your best to keep up appearances, which yet again is to feed something missing in yourself or to satisfy you. It's not the best for everybody. It's just the best for you. For one reason or another, it might actually end up hurting you. So you might laugh and say, oh, right. Like I really wanted to stay with that asshole who was beating me up every day. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you've convinced yourself that you were doing the best you could in the moment 
to deal with it and cope with it and get through every day, but you weren't, or you wouldn't have had to deal with it to begin with. Anyway, enough about Kit Harrington. <laughs> what do you think about that advice? Because <laughs> uh, you're advice. not a, you're not a person who claims to do your best or anything. You never, you don't seem to regret things. You don't seem to have hangups about things you've ever done. Or you're just like that's life. Yeah, just, just get on with it. True. Like and. A lot of people have this veil that they want to wear for everybody, like a mask. You know, I am strong and wonderful and perfect. And any cracks that you see, it's because of terrible tragedies in my life. Yeah, I'm I doing my yeah, best. I'm that. doing my very best to cope with all these terrible things. And uh, I've had no. some shitty things, but I don't wear them as a. Uh, no. Yeah, it, We've it, all had it informs your life that you cannot deny. You cannot deny that if you're married to an asshole, that the next relationship you have, lucky you is, like, the next relationship after an asshole. Well, I'm not doing my best as a wife now, or that would never even... I just don't think that people do their best at anything. If you're an athlete, you know, there are certain things in life that doing your best means actually, physically, emotionally, pushing your body and your mind to limits that the rest of us go, like, holy shit. Now, I don't even know if that's their best, but that's the closest thing I can think of. My best is only this, admitting that I never do my best. I never fulfill any of the potential that I have as a human being, because I never will. Like, I just won't. I'm lazy. I'm selfish. Um, A lot of those best things take a lot more effort than any of you or I are willing to put into it. So do your best, everybody. Try real hard to do your best. And I picked the wrong week to quit crack. (laughs) You're doing your best, though. I'm doing my best to have as many airplane jokes in this uh, movie. (laughs) movie No, you're not, or you wouldn't have stopped. See, you're not doing your best. True. Um, So, I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. I just posted a funny joke on Facebook. Just this minute? Yeah. And uh, you, you, if you're not following us on Facebook and Twitter, you would miss... Yeah, but you won't let people follow you anyway, so it doesn't matter what no, On Twitter tell. they can. You would miss that kind of fun. If you post it under after the show, they could see it. But you don't. You do it on yourself. Yes. And you don't make friends on Facebook. I use Twitter for this kind of thing. How does NASA organize a party? Well, they plan it. Da-da-da. <laughs> see? That, that kind of quality you would be missing. <laughs> I just gave it. And the picture is of a small child with a NASA badge on and I, a dog. I just a like, child and a dog and a joke. I Ow. just like the third, the, the expressions on the third <laughs> one. <laughs> Are you saying that you like to look at baby pictures on the internet? True. Oh my god, you're just like everybody else. So, um, yeah, you can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, you can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, the RSS feed, just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast, you can subscribe. You can also catch it on stitcher.com, email feedback to me at ascoli at ascoli.com, don't email Sid so she doesn't really care, and stay classy. I'm doing my best to read all my emails. And stay classy, Paul W.S. Anderson. Um, the next movie we'll see is Resident Evil 6. I'm not saying that will be classy, but I will be watching it anyway. <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourselves. Just stop being full of shit. Because if you don't think for yourself, someone's doing it for you. 